0: Welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio, I am your host Mandy Beverly. This is a podcast for women, by women. As we know, a rising tide lifts all boats, but sometimes we know there can be a few stormy seas. So when the tough times happen, the proverbial hits the fan, what do you do? Who do you have to become in the process? That's the real story, and that's Remarkable. We love to tell the story of women that are a few steps further ahead on their own entrepreneurial journey. They know exactly what it feels like to be where you are. So these women are not only paving the way for themselves, but they're also paving the way for women that follow in their footsteps. This is Remarkable Woman Radio. Welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio. My name is Mandy Beverly and I'm here with my special guest, Tonia Reid from Greenhouse Creative. She is a brand strategist and designer and she really helps you lay the foundations of your brand, whether it's website packaging, um, whatever it is, she really helps you tell the story in a very clear and deliberate way. So welcome along to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So. First of all, I was having a look at your website and it's very lovely, by the way. And I was just like, how do you decide to design for yourself?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's um, often one of the hardest things as a designer is designing for yourself. Um, it's very similar, I think, to the analogy of a builder building their own home. And it's always a uh, incomplete and <laughs> not worked on, perhaps 100%. Um, it is it is much harder. And I think, again, no matter what industry you're in, whenever you try to focus what you do for other people onto yourself, it is more difficult. Uh, and I think that's just because you know absolutely everything there is to know about yourself, and it's really hard to sort of distill down and to pull out the bits that are important uh, to show to the world. So how do I begin? Um, I mean, I guess I just take myself through a process in a very similar way than what I would do um, with a client and try to be objective about it and definitely purposeful about it
0: well obviously looking at your surroundings you (laughs) love plants is it just indoor plants or are you indoor and outdoor plant enthusiast or
1: oh a bit of both I mean I love my indoor plants I love um I love veggie gardening I love I love being out in my garden Um, I also love being out in nature so I love um going on hiking hiking with girlfriends sometimes on my own but yeah hiking out in nature in the bush too so yeah, that's so
0: the way you sort of distilled down. Because I love the way that you helped um, people to plan and nurture a brand as well, which is just I love the way you've kind of weaved it all in with, with woven it in. Doing,
1: that's you know. right. Yeah, yeah. And so it's all about trying to um, yeah get, use the terminology that you would use, you know, for um, for certain things. Obviously, I'm greenhouse creative, so I try to use the gardening terminology to to describe what I do in terms of real work and real world sort of tangible things for my clients. No, it's lovely.
0: And congratulations on being the Rocket Spark Partner of the Year Award.
1: So you're oh, award-winning you. designer now. Well done. Yes, <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, it was an absolute, um, yeah, an absolute honour to be awarded the Rocket Spark Design Partner of the Year um, earlier this year. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well done. So now tell us what's going
0: on in your life right now.
1: <laughs> okay. So right now um, we are in, well, I'm, I'm based in Auckland. So we're locked down level four. Uh, so I am in my bubble with my two teenage boys. I have just this morning delivered the first Rocket Spark Academy. I, I guess I have the title of Rocket Spark Academy professor now. Um, so this is something I've been working on with Rocket Spark for a wee while. Uh, and I've written a course for other rocket spark design partners to uh, launch better design businesses. It's really around the business side of running um, a design business because as designers we tend to get into designing designing because that's what we love to do and we have a passion and a a, a talent for it. Uh, But often we don't have a lot of business background and business knowledge. So I'm using my skills of know from the last sort of 20 almost 20 years of running my own business and sharing that with other rocket spark design partners so this morning we had um a great group of about 10 people uh from all over new zealand and we had one zooming in from the uk as well and started our first session that i've written and designed and now presenting (laughs) so that's super exciting
0: so tell me a little bit about Rocket Spark because you obviously are partnering with them. Is that a is that a platform for websites or or what do they do?
1: Yeah, correct. It's a platform for websites. Yes. So they're based in New Zealand. Um, they're an amazing group of people. We have an awesome community built around that. I in my business, I partner with lots of different organisations and lots of different tools. But Rocket Spark is is one that sort of front and centre for me. They're 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 a key part of my business and they're very invested in helping my business to grow as as well as all of the other design partners Um, we have a really awesome ecosystem where we all kind of get in together and share knowledge with the ethos of a rising tide lifts all boats i suppose it's really just about helping each other and supporting each other and being part of a community Sounds I love really that, cool. and that's mm. that's part of what
0: Remarkable Woman Radio does as well. Because it's a rising tide lifts all boats, as well. Because mm. as women in business, it's we we need to. I love what you said, just putting a, a really great ecosystem about what we um, around what we do. I think it can definitely yeah, absolutely. It can be beneficial. Mm. So, mm. what inspired you to get started in your business?
1: Yeah, well, I actually. So, I started um, freelancing, I suppose. As I said, almost 20 years ago, um, as an as a um, early 20-something-year-old, and it was actually a happy accident. It wasn't something I really did intentionally. Um, I literally was had been working my only employed sort of office role of my adult life down in Wellington, um, and I decided after about three years down there that I was going to leave Wellington and come back to Auckland. For personal reasons so I actually went to my boss to resign thinking that that was sort of my my only option was I had to um, leave my job and pack everything up and move back up uh, and he said to me well while we were in the meeting when I was <laughs> attempting to resign he said well how about you um, keep doing your job and you can do it from home in Auckland
0: and I kind of went oh
1: is that an option <laughs> okay that sounds really cool Um, so that's sort of how it started now, but when I look back, I actually also think like, so my parents were self-employed. My mum worked in my dad's business, uh, and he's a designer of sorts, although quite a different, um, trade. He's sort of a tool and die making engineer. So I think the foundations were there for me from a very early age to, to run my own business. And I probably hadn't intentionally decided to do it, but, um, when I was given the opportunity, it just felt Completely normal and natural, and like what I wanted to do, and I've not looked back. So
0: (laughs) it's brilliant. Yeah, Yeah. I love that happy accident, but also. Twenty years ago to work from home, you know, to actually <clears throat> do the remote part—that's at yeah. the time, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> totally.
1: And you know, I took advantage of it. I, um, I, so I was still being paid a my salary uh, in doing the same job, but doing it from home. And I quickly found that when you don't have the distractions of the office environment, because we had a big team in the office, we had sort of you know forty salespeople in the office at one point yeah, I could get through my job really, really quickly. And so I actually decided to go. Plus I was, I was in isolated and as, you know, and as a young person, it's sort of like, you want to go out and meet people and be a part of things. So I decided to go temping. I signed up and went full-time temping at nine to five, just doing sort of reception and admin workout in different, different corporates. And then I did my, my other job um, from home in the evenings. And so I managed to earn a. Uh, a double salary for, for a couple of years <laughs> as a very young person um, which was awesome it was great yeah it was very cool well, well done That's mm. cool. and with
0: designing over the last 20 years just with all the programs the computer power you know things like that is just how do you keep up with all the changes because I actually remember typing in CD, backslash, you know, way oh, back on those computers yes. where it was more just a typewriter. Yes. Um, I still remember that. So,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> show mage.
1: Yeah, I guess it's just, um, I guess it's easier when you're sort of using it every day and you're using the tools every day and, you know, things change and evolve uh, and new things come along. So you're learning piece by piece, you know, as you go. I'm also never afraid to Google things. It's it's not often i come across something like that now, but definitely um, in the early days with using the Adobe suite, you know, and you'd see someone's working, you'd go, how do they do that? Um, like, how do you even get that effect? You know, how can you, yeah. So there was a time when I used to Google quite a bit and watch YouTube videos and tutorials. and be like, oh, okay, that's cool. It's a trick, you know. But yeah, I guess you just, you know, it's, it's a journey. It's an evolution. You just kind of keep up and get exposed to new things and learn new tricks as you go. So. How
0: do you
1: not go down the rabbit hole? Because when I do that, I often
0: go down a rabbit hole and come out and next minute I've seen the Royals and I've seen all sorts and I'm like, how did that happen? Wait a minute,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I I would be very, I'd be very specific about what I was trying to figure out. If I was sort of struggling with something, I guess I would sort of not hesitate to look it up and go, oh, okay, learn a new trick and go back and implement it straight away. So, Yeah.
0: I think that's the secret, isn't it, to actually implement it? Because um, often you find something, you go, give that a go, and then you go, hang on a minute, what were the steps? What what did I just do to, to get something? And Yeah. Just to be orderly about it is probably quite good.
1: Yeah, and I think probably sort of learning with intention too. Um, you know, like you could learn anything that you wanted to in the world, but unless it has a real purpose for you and something that you're trying to achieve, you're probably less likely to – you know, to remember it or absorb it. I think when you've got a real purpose for something, it's it's quite easy to sort of then find the answer and implement it.
0: Yeah, mm. I think that's really yeah, learning with intention. That's a, I think that's something we could all relate to, mm. to where we are right now. Yeah. Mm. What would you? What do you wish you'd known 20 years ago, or even 15 years ago in your business? That. You think if I'd known that I could be X, Y, and Z by now, or are you just, or is this the happy accident just been a really nice morphing of your business?
1: Yeah, it has just been quite an organic journey. I think when I think back, what would I wish I had known? I think, and I didn't need to know this at the time, but I think it's fascinating. It would have been fascinating to think at the time or to know that my business was going to have this amount of longevity um, that it was going to be come a huge part of my life and who I am and just that it would grow and evolve and give me the opportunities that it has. Um, something that really fascinates me all the time is when I think back and you think about all the different stages within your adult life, you know, it was I lived here and I did this and I was with that person and I traveled there and like all the different stages in your life and the different things that you've been to different people, probably the one constant for me for my entire adult life has been my business. Um, and so I often kind of think about that and think how cool that is that it's been there, it's supported me. Yeah, and it's just been there for me and it's been flexible enough to allow me to sort of do different things at different stages in my life. So I kind of yeah. look at it as an entity now that almost like another person that it, it, it's it been a supporter for me. Like it it's, it's been there for me, you know? And I think mm-hmm. like, I had no idea at the time when I started that that was um, going to be, you know, become the way that I felt about this business. But yeah. I think it would have been kind of cool to to know that. I don't think it would have changed anything necessarily. I think it would have, Perhaps been a little bit overwhelming to me at the time. But yeah, it just has organically evolved into this really lovely thing. So yeah, full of appreciation for it.
0: Oh, that's that is so nice to hear. And and I love that you actually use the word entity and actually because it like it does have a purpose on its own. And, mm. and so I talk with a lot of women in business and they're often putting their own self-esteem and self-worth into their business rather than actually seeing the business as its own thing to appreciate and, and 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 love and obviously because it then goes on and creates the same feeling in other in other businesses as well so yeah. it really has such a lovely purpose That's yeah absolutely problem. yeah yeah and okay so do you have a guiding principle or a theme that for your life that you really kind of abide by or is it part of this organic growth and <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's, and it's interesting to think about that too. I, I think there are probably many, I think there are probably, I probably have many guiding principles that I've, that I've, that I've lived by. Um, one of them is balance. I'm not like a huge believer in astrology or anything like that, but I mean, I'm the kind of person who would read this star sign and I'm a, I'm a liberal. And so you've obviously got the scales there. So and I don't know if that's even necessarily related, but um, but but balance definitely for me is something that's really important. Um, and just as much as being in the middle of that scale and keeping things level is sort of knowing that you can venture out and sometimes you venture to each of the poles um, to kind of see what it's like and kind of get a feeling about the tipping and then, oh, you'll come back to the middle for a bit of safety and security. Um, so, yeah, yeah, balance is a huge one for me. Um, things, you know, I'm a big believer in designing your lifestyle uh, as well as, you know, and integrating that into how you plan for your business and and all of that sort of thing. I do a lot of that kind of work with my clients too. But yeah, living a life by design, which means you achieve that work-life balance and you achieve the the things that you want to within your business and achieve the things you want to within your life. Uh, Another one, I think... Is Well, I don't know if this is guiding principle for for my life, but something I'm very aware of lately is that your discomfort is essential for your growth. I adore this. I have it written on my wall, so I actually read it every day. Um, And any time where you find this sort of sense of discomfort or dread or fear or whatever it might be, it's that that's a signal to you that, um, that something amazing is about to happen. You've got an opportunity for growth right in front of you. So really just leaning into that and getting in a way comfortable with your discomfort is, um, yeah, it's been huge for me over the last couple of years. I love that. Mm. Well, he's totally speaking my language. A, I'm Libran
0: as well. Oh, so I do. Yes. Yeah, and I think I've got more design yeah. books on my bookshelf than I have any other books. They're all tucked away oh, cool. elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love that. Um, but definitely discomfort is because we are here to grow, and to make that part of your everyday. Um, mm. As far as universal law goes, a lot of people are looking for the comfort, so they attract the discomfort. So if you switch it around and look for the discomfort then you have to attract the comfort by default because they both go together right so yeah so it's very very smart I love that you've got that on your wall and I think I you know might adopt that as well I think it's something that we all just need to be really aware of yeah it's yeah
1: and it, it just, it just helps, you know, it just helps with that mindset. It just helps you to reduce that fear because you kind of go, okay, here's, here's my old friend discomfort again. Um, <laughs> you know. um, cool. And you can sort of start to embrace it. The, the, the fear level kind of disappears a wee bit um, because you know that, um, yeah, that it gives you an opportunity to explore and to expand and to grow and all of those things. So, Yeah.
0: Do you find that it shows up more when you are really pushing a brand, you know, like you're pushing design, or is it more about you having to evolve to the next level? When do you find that that really, that discomfort, your old friend discomfort shows <laughs> up the most?
1: <laughs> Probably in the beginning stages of every project that I work on, because they're all quite different and you really have to get deep into the um, the brand and what the objectives are and what the problems are and all of that sort of thing. And so you always have this, um, and I guess it's one of those kind of almost imposter syndrome type feelings where it's like, Oh, okay. I've got this big project ahead of me. Um, am I going kind to of pull it off? Um, and, I've learned that in terms of work, because this discomfort shows up everywhere. I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It pops up in every aspect of your life, but in terms of work, it probably shows up near the beginnings of, of every project and it's become part of the process. So it's like, okay, cool. I'm worried about this. That means I want to do a good job. You know, that's great. Cool. That's a great start. think if you didn't care like this (laughs) you probably start to to actually really be worried yeah and you just sort of acknowledge it as part of the creative process I think too. I think with creative work it's um there is definitely a process to it there's it's not you know you don't just sit around waiting for creative inspiration there's definitely a process discomfort is part of that and procrastination is part of that so again I learned that procrastination is part of the process so I used to think that it was unhelpful procrastination and that it was sort of an, an avoidance. But at one point, a few years back, I learned that actually this is where I do all of my thinking time. Like, so there's a lot of strategy behind what you're doing. Um, it's not just, you know, pretty, pretty colors on a paper. So the thinking time is an integral part of that creative process. So what used to look like procrastination to me, I realized meant that, you know, the first two weeks of a project, I hadn't put anything on paper, but I've been thinking about it a lot. So, um, again, just sort of acknowledging that that's part of your process and then embracing it so that it's, um, yeah, so that you don't freak out and throw in the yeah. air and give up, you know. <laughs> <Like it's laughs> that's part of it, so it's
0: all so good. <laughs> I love that, you know, and it's so good too, that's such good advice as well, is that it is part of the process, and that creativity, because you, you, you hear about people that write books, and they said they only write books, because they go into, the, into their office, or into a room, and they sit there for eight hours and write, mm. you know, or they sit there for a time, so that it doesn't just show up, and then they write, and then suddenly they've got a book, so the whole thing has been pro you know there's a process to it, there's a, a pattern passion to it or mm. you kind of you're making yourself available for the creative ideas to to sort of form, isn't it absolutely, you
1: know, yeah, 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 so having that time and sort of being aware that that's an important piece it's the same as going into that office to write and just scheduling out some some time to go in there and close the door and let it happen um yeah, so. <laughs> Knowing your process is, is huge. And like I said, I mean, in the beginning it started out very organically and it was just, a, I was doing what I was doing. I wasn't terribly aware, but as time goes on and you sort of grow along the journey, uh, you start to be aware of these patterns and these things that keep happening. And, um, yeah, and that's really cool because you can distill it down and kind of go. Okay, well, I'm 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 understanding now. I'm understanding more about myself. I'm understanding more about the projects. I'm understanding more about the process, um, and kind of form a bit of a um, a template or an outline. You know, a um, a process, a guideline for how how each one works. And even though every project for me is completely different, and I love that, that about my job is that every every thing I work on is a totally different industry or a totally different kind of a business. Um, the theory there in terms of how I get from A to B in terms of creating a brand strategy and then a brand design is, um, is I guess, the same.
0: It's interesting because I'm like, how do you take all of those ideas and then go, okay, I'm just going to start here. You know, what does <laughs> that look like? Because I'm like, if you've been, you know, got the, the thinking time and it's just, do you just have to start, okay, I'll start with an image or a colour or a. Or is there something that sparks uh, as a, just the, mm. okay, we're starters now. We're out, we're out of the head and we're on to
1: paper. Yeah, There's and it's, sometimes there, that's just the part, yeah, yeah, that you just have to get started on, you know, and you'll find by that point hopefully the ideas are there, Um, so then it's just a matter of kind of putting them on paper. Um, I still sometimes sketch a wee bit depending what the project is, um, and just doodle. I, I brain dump. I do like mind maps with ideas. Um, and that kind of helps to, to helps you to pull out sort of recurring themes throughout, um, throughout what you're thinking. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's just the starting. Sometimes it's like, okay, today I'm going to open up a document and start to create it. So, um, yeah. And whether that means you start with color or with shape or with um, like icon ideas and, and, and logo ideas and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I tend to find my brain thinks about them all at once and rather than sort of in, as separate, <laughs> as separate things. So sometimes it's just like you have just got to start and, it, and let it unfold and let it all kind of end up on paper and then you organize it a bit better before you go to the client obviously yeah because um, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> then you go okay, the <laughs> now I've got a whole lot here and now I have to distill it down um and often that's that yeah like you said you know there's all these ideas and it's like where do you start that's 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 a big key to it there's often like there's a huge amount of ideas in a project and it's gathering all of the ideas and getting all of the information and it seems huge and it seems overwhelming um, all of the things that you want to communicate and then it's pulling everything out and going right let's strip this down because at the end of the day you want a really simple if you're designing logo like you want a really simple and memorable logo mark so stripping all the all the stuff away that's just clutter and coming to a very simple distinct idea I find is is, um, sort of how I approach it
0: yeah plus the pressure that people put on you too to be able to distill that down must be quite you have to kind of park that for a little bit and just go this is the way I interpret all the information that they've given me and this is the way it plays and in my head no it's a fascinating process Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cool. So what's a common myth about your profession that you would love to debunk? Because, you know, there's so many DIY things out there uh, that I imagine that could be a bit frustrating at times.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't tend to get worried about that. I mean, there's a lot of technology that you can use. There's... um, you know, there's all sorts of services and resources you can use. And I know, you know, in terms of business, this is definitely one of those things where it's more accessible for business owners to, you know, to DIY a website or DIY a, a brand or a, a graphic for something. But um, I don't see that as competition at all. It's um, it's a totally different uh, industry, a, a totally different approach, I guess, to to what we do. And there's always going to be a place for people who want to outsource and get a professional to do something. So I don't tend to worry about that too much, but one common um, myth that I think is quite interesting is that, that I would love everyone to know about the design profession is that designers are not artists. Um, So oftentimes, and it makes me cringe when I hear people say like, Oh, well, the graphic designer can just pretty that up, you know? And I cringe at that. I'm like, that is not what um, the role of a graphic designer is. It's not to just just make things look nice, you know. There's strategy behind it, and it's about communicating ideas. So designers are not artists. Um, art is open to interpretation. So if you you know imagine a couple standing in front of a piece at an art gallery, uh, one might be thinking, "Oh, this is an absolute masterpiece." While another might be thinking, I don't, I don't really get it, you know? Um, so an artist gets to express themselves through, uh, through their craft and then it's open to interpretation from the viewer to whether they, you know, resonate with it or not. Uh, That is not the case, uh, for a designer at all. A designer uses their creativity to solve problems Um, It's purposeful We are trying to communicate ideas And there's a specific idea that we're trying to communicate That we want our viewer To pick up on Um, And if it has to be explained It often, that means it didn't really Serve its purpose So the classic example of that Is if you then imagine the same couple um, Standing in front of The bathrooms At a fancy restaurant Um, And Say, you know, like okay so the obvious one is you've got the man symbol and the woman symbol or an M and a W or you know that sort of thing and you go okay cool and that's that's design so we get it we see a symbol we understand what that message is communicating to us we know we're now supposed to go you know but if there was an elephant and a giraffe on the doors you might sit there and go ah I'm not really sure Mm -hmm. like
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a fat day today what are
1: they trying to tell me you know (laughs) so yeah so it's just that difference between um being an artist who's um who is expressing the creativity and leaving things open to interpretation um designers are purposeful and very much trying to communicate a message with through through visual means Mm, that's
0: really cool I haven't heard it explained like that that's actually you know because I know when I've been to I saw a Jackson Pollock uh, painting and you just wow what's what sort of because it's like everything's thrown everywhere and and you know and obviously he was having a few issues during some of his paintings and they're amazing yeah but they're open to interpretation. Um, can we go back and visit just what you said, your friend's discomfort? Because yeah. um, obviously I love to um, just provide a few strategies for people and, and when they're listening here, just going, you know what, I'm in a bit of a uncomfortable place or I've got a few challenges going on. So what do you find, like, you, you embrace it as part of your everyday, as part of the everyday process, which is so cool. Mm. And I think that in itself is a really cool strategy just to sort of have in mind. Um, but yeah. how do you know when you're at the edge of your comfort zone or, um, you know, how do you like to sort of push the boundary, but yet still be able to live with yourself as well mm. through all
1: of this? Yeah, interesting. Um, I guess I, I, I yeah. I'm not sure at what point do I push back, Um, but I mean, I'm definitely I'm okay with saying no to things and that's a, that's a huge one, especially, I mean, it's probably pretty common knowledge that women tend to say yes to and take on uh, so many things that potentially they don't really need to or don't serve them. Um, And don't get me wrong, you know, life gets tough for me too at some points and I sort of struggle and I think, Oh my goodness, I'm not coping. How am I going to deal with this? I think you have to be willing to also give yourself the space to just be human. Um, and just sometimes not cope. Um, in terms of, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, in terms of strategy, I'm not sure. I tend, I tend to find that things are oh, actually, I do know one strategy that I use, um, that I really, really love. Um, I think I might've talked to you about this before, but it's using a gratitude diary. Um, And to me, if I heard someone say that I'd go "Mm, cringe. Um, Yeah, cool. Just be happy for things. Great. But the key turning point for me with using a gratitude diary. So I have an app on my phone that pops up um, morning and evening and asks me to, to write something that I'm grateful for in the day. And at first, I mean, and I've been doing this for years now and at first in this first couple of years, it was like, oh, it's this lovely, bubbly, fluffy thing, you know, because I've got a wonderful life and I've got all these things to be grateful for. And, you know, it's amazing. We've got a nice place to live and we've got food on the table and, you know, how could you not be grateful? It's, we, we really are quite lucky. Um, where it changed for me is I kind of in a way got bored with like writing the same thing in the gratitude diary all the time. And then I think I was, I can't remember what it was at the time, but I was going through something and I was really struggling. And I don't know why or how this came about, but I just thought, look, how can I be grateful for this horrendous thing that's happening right now? And so I started writing in the gratitude diary, like how can I be grateful for this awful thing? So rather than sort of looking for and focusing on and ignoring the awful things um, that might be kind of happening, because, you know, we're constantly being, life happens. Yeah, exactly. We're constantly being thrown things that we have to deal with and figure out and adjust to. And I'm saying it in uh, quotation marks, but, you know, pivot to, and all of, all of those, you know, terms that we're getting so used to. Um, So how can I be grateful for this awful thing? And then that started to become the theme of my gratitude diary. I'd sit there morning and night and go, what's the worst thing that's going on in my life right now? And I think of the worst thing that was happening and then figure out a way to be grateful for that and write that in the diary, you know, so that you're actually teaching yourself and training yourself to reframe things in your mind so that even those worst things, okay, this is terrible. And sometimes you do have to just sit in the this is terrible sometimes. Okay. There's, I acknowledge that that's human too. And sometimes you just have to kind of almost wallow in the awful. Um, but the test, I suppose, of resilience is is how quickly you can kind of pick yourself up and move on from that. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, for me is going, okay, how can I find a way to be thankful for this awful thing? What are the good things that are coming out of it? And I'll tell you what, there's a silver lining in absolutely everything. You can find it, 100%. There totally is. In fact,
0: what you're saying is you're, because a lot of people have unrealistic expectations on life that it could be just positive and and never negative. Mm. But universal law, which I work with a lot, gravity's a universal law, but so is the law of polarity and all sorts of different ones. And there is, for every... Positive, there's an equal and opposite negative. It occurs mm. simultaneously, synchronistically in every moment. And so when you actually care to look and ask the questions, mm. you know, because the quality of your life is the quality of the questions that you ask, you'll see it every time and you just go, How does this work? You know? Yeah. And how can we have been so blind to that? But yeah, I take clients through this all the time. That is Part of what we do because they go, oh, this is happening, and I go, oh, great, this is really cool, and they go, what are you talking about? Is it? Yeah, and I go, yeah, <laughs> and they go, what? You know? And I go, it has to be there. The the other side has to be there because it's a law. It's a universal yeah, law. And if we pretend it's not, then we're going to create all the negative emotions. Mm. So actually, doing what you're doing is so wise. Very mm. wise without you you know but sometimes these terrible moments actually bring us to this real wisdom that's sitting inside of us you know yeah absolutely you you know because it is it's very wise part of you that sees both sides
1: Mm. so yeah Yeah. well done very thank you and it's I I mean I can't proclaim to be perfect at all but um (laughs) but but definitely it's um I have noticed through that practice that it's it has trained me you know they say that you train your brain and you train your thoughts and it's definitely changed or or not changed but given me um the tools to you know to be able to cope with things um you know a whole lot a whole lot better I think. I think that's lovely.
0: Now, one question that I, I've just started to ask everyone because I'm so fascinated with the answers that are coming out mm-hmm. is if you could have dinner with three people <sighs> alive or dead, who would it be and why? Um, yeah, we've had some amazing answers so far.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I have chosen three people. They're all women, actually. Um So the first is Eliza Schlesinger. I don't know if you know of her. She is a comedian. She's based in LA. Uh, She's a comedian an actress and an author. Um, I love her comedy. I actually, I love stand-up comedy. Like I just, yeah, I I watch a lot of it. (laughs) Um, I love specifically about her. She's unapologetically herself. Um, I follow her on Instagram she during the pandemic last year she and her husband started up a cooking show that they did every day and they're still doing not every day but still doing um, very um, uh, often Um, yeah anyway she's unapologetically herself she's a very strong woman she looks at the world through a humorous lens Um, she's very intelligent and I just think she would be an amazing person to meet and have dinner (laughs) with
0: She's probably quite a good cook
1: too. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think she'd be offended if I said no, she wouldn't be a good cook, but her (laughs) husband definitely, he's a chef, so um, yeah. (laughs) Um, The second one is Mel Robbins, and I think you will know Mel Robbins. Um, She's someone who I've discovered only quite recently actually, but she is intelligent. She just has an incredible amount of self-awareness and through her sharing that self-awareness, like she's just touching the lives of probably millions of people. Um, She's inspirational. She's motivating. She's got some amazing hacks, like brain hacks, mindset hacks, hacks that can change your life. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm listening to one of her uh, books on Audible at the moment and it's, yeah, super inspiring and so many ideas in there. I'm just like, yes. I yeah, she's mm-hmm. incredible. But <clears throat> like the five four three two one, you know, yes. I that.
0: yeah, I listened yes. to her book as well. And that was really cool because it's just to get yourself moving
1: sometimes is yeah. Just make a decision and do something. Just know. start moving. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. So so she I'm yeah, finding her Incredibly inspirational But also Super real I think that's the thing I love about these people too Is they're just very real Like they're not afraid To be human And they're not afraid To admit that They have flaws And they make mistakes And they haven't Always been perfect And they haven't Always got it figured out You know I, I love that They're very real um, So that they're relatable um, And they just Feel like someone You could sit and chat <laughs> to For hours Yeah Yeah definitely And uh, the third one I would have would actually have to be my aunt Maureen, who passed away just over two years ago. So just because obviously it would be amazing. I was very close with her and it would be wonderful to be able to just share another meal, um, to just chat and to just laugh together for for a short amount of time.
0: Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And just so different as well. Mm. It's really, yeah, just all different, very different parts of you that would be really cool to bring together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So if you could go back and give yourself, your younger self, some advice, what would it be? And the reason I kind of ask this is because sometimes I think we overthink things when we're younger, but Mm. as we get older, perhaps we we just kind of go, wow, well, if I'd just known what I know now, mm. I'd love I'd love to know what advice
1: you would give your younger self. I think something I would tell my younger self would be to spend less time trying to please other people and more time <laughs> trying to please myself. I think I've definitely been the kind of person who's been very, you know, very concerned with what other people think of me my whole life. Um, and, you know, in some ways, I think that that has led to or fed into what I do because I kind of get that whole thing. Like when, when we're talking brand again, it's about, it is about what people think of the brand. Um, so in some ways, you know, that that has given me that insight or um, interest or whatever it is in the work that I do. So it's definitely, you know, it's probably not a hundred percent a bad thing, but, um, but definitely, I think with age um, and with sort of traveling on in the journey, you do become a lot more unapologetic, um, and I'm really enjoying that. Um, so yeah, probably spend less time trying to please others and more time trying to please myself.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah, and I think that would be similar to the advice I would give too. In fact, every guest that I've had on here, I go, oh, yeah, that would be advice too because I think we all, we that's part of what we, we hang up with, you know, and I, um, I've i got three daughters in their 20s and um, that would be my advice to them as well is just don't worry about what other people are thinking of you. They're yeah. thinking about themselves. They don't have time to think so, about everyone else, you yes. know, and so that, yeah. Um, yeah but um, you can't, as they say, youth is wasted on the young sometimes, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Totally. I mean, my 12-year-old said the same thing today. They um, Just earlier, they went for just down on the corner we have the um, local supermarket. So they went down and I sent sent them with a list and some money to buy a couple of things. And he's so worried about his mask because it kept falling off his face and then so tied around by the ear to tie it up a little so it wouldn't fall off his face. And he's going, oh, that looks so stupid. And I'm going... No one cares Like honestly You're wearing a mask No one
0: cares <laughs>
1: <laughs> No one's going to care About the little knot And the little strap Behind the little 12 year old boy's mask You know But no one's even Going to notice it But it's exactly And I see myself in him Like I was that person too Who was just very concerned With with what everyone Was going to think You know um, And I guess that can be Quite paralyzing too sometimes You know It can really stop you From putting yourself out there or, you know, taking a step up or whatever it might be. Um, But, you know, the same token, we are who we are and, um, you know, we all have our quirks and our our differences and, and, and we go on and we learn and we evolve and it's part of it. So mm. of it, it is part of it all, which segues me nicely
0: into um, how I like to finish an interview is mm. this is Remarkable Woman Radio and the meaning of the word remarkable I love because it means to yes. be inspiring and noteworthy. And it's all of these words that actually does describe who we all are in our yeah. essence. So I would love to know um, what do you what's remarkable about you? You know, because if we don't own our own value, then that gets reflected back to us. So don't be shy.
1: (laughs) It's such a difficult question to answer. Um, And I agree. I absolutely love that word remarkable. Uh, It's amazing. Um, And uh, I mean, I guess, in some ways I don't consider myself remarkable. I consider myself human and I consider myself fairly average, (laughs) but on a journey. And, uh, I guess we, we do all have a superpower though. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I mentioned it before, I think that ability to find a silver lining in any situation, um, the ability to be self-aware, the ability to find a way to reframe my thoughts um, so that I'm guiding myself and I'm helping myself to grow uh, is, is, is my superpower. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Seriously. That's,
0: that's love. That's remarkable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. It's, um, yeah it's an interesting journey to go on of course but um yeah so well, the, the, hu-
0: the human journey when you look at it from a whole big perspective is quite a remarkable journey anyway absolutely yeah and, and very diverse but yes. very remarkable yeah well tanya um, how do people find out about you What's the best way that I can get in touch with you? Go to your website or do you want to give us your details?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I, my website, my business name is Greenhouse Creative. Uh, my website is greenhousecreative.nz uh, You can find on there lots of examples of the work that I do and case studies of the clients that I've worked with and what I have achieved for them. Uh, you could also follow me on Instagram. I am very, very proud of my Instagram puzzle feed. I don't know if you say that. I <laughs>
0: love it. I was actually going to sort of just mention that. I looked it up. It's amazing how do you do that? It's, it's- absolutely
1: a labor of love and it's something I started quite a few years ago and now I can't uh, break away from it it's like how would you even stop this now it's become a beast um and it's <laughs> one of those things that I have to kind of schedule into my work day like we talked about in the beginning the builder working in his own house it's like okay now I gotta I gotta get this Instagram feed ready to go so I don't tend to post terribly frequently um I mean Yes and no, but I have to, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into crafting my my Instagram feed. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. So I I would love, I'd love you to follow me on there. That is um, at greenhousecreative.nz on Instagram.
0: Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today on Remarkable Woman Radio. I've had a blast. It's been so nice talking to you.
1: Thank you, me too. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, And yeah, it's been wonderful to have a
0: have a chat yeah it's so cool thank you so much thank you for listening to remarkable woman radio for more episodes and more details of today's show please go to remarkablemindset.com let me ask you what makes you remarkable